Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to the Gabby Reese Show. It's all an experiment. Hi, Dr. Ganoom. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, before we dive in and talk about fungi and bacteria, I really want, if you could just share your story about you were taking a holiday from your home in Lebanon when you found out that you and your family basically you know, couldn't return home. I tell you, you ask very important question. I mean, overnight, as if you are in Costa Rica and then you cannot come home, you can imagine, you know, and that's exactly what happened with me. So you studied infectious disease. This is your specialty, but you ended up going to this conference that I don't want to say really changed the direction of, you know, looking further into the microbiome and the impact of the fungi and and the bacteria, you know, good and bad. I think most of us know about the good and bad bacteria, but it's now really learning about the fungi. But you you go to this conference and people are really talking about the microbiome and um, something about this conference really you pivoted and you changed directions into what you were paying attention to. So what happened when I used to go to infectious disease meeting and everybody talking about the microbiome, which is the microbes that live in our body, everybody was talking about bacteria. I said to them, no, because bacteria and fungus, as well as viruses, they live in us, in the gut, okay? So you really need to look at the total picture. And that's where I started to advocate this. But then I did a study in Crohn's disease patients And I found that there is an increase in bacteria, the pathogenic one, E. coli and Syracia, as well as Candida, okay, or Candida, whatever you want to call it. And with that, I noticed that they come together, they play together, and they start causing issue in our gut, okay? And that's where, when I published the paper, it really received a lot of attention and so many people contacted me. What can I do? And that's where really my son, Afif, A-F-I-F, you know his name, he said, Dad, you have to start doing more of this to help people. And honestly, that's what pushed me into this. And I am so glad that's happened because it's such an exciting area. And I really feel happy because I feel that we are trying to help other people, you know? Did it surprise you when you started talking so much about about the fungi and the relationship and the gut and even Crohn's disease and, you know, kind of all of these things that it surprised you, you know, how many people were in need of this information. And also it's, it's kind of interesting because you go from somebody who's doing, you know, all of these papers and studies, and now you're really interacting so much or so much more with people and patients and people experiencing these issues. What was that like for you? First of all, you know, it was amazing to me when people start talking. I did not realize so many people have gut issues, you know, their gastrointestinal issues. So this excited me, you know, as a, as a scientist, as you say, you know, in academia, not, you don't have this opportunity a lot where you'll start to 
interact with people and say, oh, maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that. And you laugh at this. I get so excited. My, they laugh at me because when I give talks, I am enthusiastic, you know, as you can imagine. And they say, why are you so enthusiastic about fungus? I say, I love fungus. What do you mean? Why are we so... So anyway, it's really changed my life. And it also allowed me as a professor to go down and translate what we studied into helping people. And believe me, this is like, I say... As scientists, we don't need drugs, you know, because you are so excited, you are so up because you are trying to help people and do something, hopefully, that will be beneficial. Over the last few years, especially, people have really become familiarized with what the microbiome is. And we're always talking about the good and the bad bacteria. But you're the first person to call or to also phrase the microbiome and the relationship. Um, I thought it was funny, like how you how you said that sometimes, you know, they play very well together. But if the bacteria gets out of hand and the and the fungus or the fungi gets out of hand, that they they sort of play and, and they become a little bit, you know, naughty. But where did you get the idea or maybe just share about this idea about the mycobiome? Yes. With the mycobiome, we called it MYCO, myco, because mycology is the study of fungus. So we saw the mycobiome, this is the fungal community. And what you find, uh, which is exactly you alluded to, is that within short time, short time diet, you can change the fungus in your gut. Whereas bacteria takes a little bit longer, okay? So you can have an impact really quick in this regard, you know? And, uh, and the most important thing is to understand that, look, these organisms, they influence each other in good and bad, you know? They could be good for us. They are our friends. But if they are out of balance, then they can cause some issues. Now, Dr. Ganum, even though, um, you know, it takes a, it takes time to make a change in the microbiome, you know, weeks and even months, you say that we can really start to positively impact the microbiome even within within 24 hours. Yes, absolutely. Like it lives in our skin, in our mouth, in our reproductive system, in our gut, of course. That's where a lot of the studies done. But everywhere you have these microbes. And, you know, I want people to think of microbes not all bad, okay? Like we always want to use everything to kill these microbes. Some of them are good guys. So we need to help them. And that's that's really what lives mostly in our gut. And as you, you, as you know, when you take an antibiotics, you kill the good and the bad and the ugly, you know? And that causes issues. That's why I say we really need to try to do something that we have less effect on this. And recently, I just finished a study where I presented it at a meeting in dermatology where you use narrow-spectrum antibiotic, which means an antibiotic that can target certain organisms, not everything. And guess what? It had less less effect on our gut, which is great, you know, these microbes, compared to something which kills everything. To me, I think we can have a big influence in our microbiome by doing a couple of things. Number one is diet. You need to eat the right type of food. You know, this Western diet is a disaster, you know. So we need to make sure we start eating something, you know the story, whole grain, whole, sorry, whole food, uh, natural product, uh, eat fish, 
try to avoid meat, you know, all of this stuff. And also you need to eat some fibers to feed these good organisms or good microbes in your gut because they keep the bad ones under control. So diet is one factor. The other factor, lifestyle. Lifestyle is very important. You need to exercise and you know this better than anybody else. Something that's really important to me, especially the deeper I go into these practices of lifestyle, is also somehow figuring out a way not to even put stress around it. Because we, you know, we've all seen the person that work work out perfectly, they eat perfect, but there's this rigidness or this stress that gets put around it, and they don't realize that that in itself can be, you know, almost neutralizing the positive effects or even counteracting, you know, the good stuff we're doing. So, can you just remind us? about how stress is a real, how it really does impact our gut health. Oh, very, very important. You see, that's why I say lifestyle. Some people, they say, oh, I eat everything good. But then when you ask them, like one lady, for example, sent us a sample to analyze her microbiome and it looked terrible. So, and then I looked at what she eats and she's eating very well. Then we have a questionnaire, which we ask questions and one of them stress. And we looked at the stress. She is severely stressed. So because of this, we said, listen, you need to do meditation. You need to do some yoga. And I make people laugh about yoga because, you know, in the, I come from the Mediterranean. I don't think many people do, do yoga there, you know, <laughs> especially males, especially men. So now we say to people, listen, you have to do this because it gives you some relaxation. It will reduce the stress. And sleep, you need to sleep very well, because if you don't sleep very well, you are going to affect your microbiome. The diversity goes down, the number of beneficial organisms goes down, and the bad ones, the pathogens will increase. So it's a holistic approach, not one uh, one thing to do and then everything, like take a tablet and we are going to be great. Can we talk a little bit about sugar and even the artificial sweeteners and maybe you know, sort of how that impacts the bacteria in our gut and and maybe gives rise to the, what you know, the bad bacteria or fungi? The sugar, what it does, for example, the sugar, it will feed the bacteria that are what we call pro-inflammatory. It means it increases the inflammation, okay? That's with respect to the bacteria. There is a group called the protobacteria, which is pro-inflammatory, red flag for inflammation. And if you give it sugar, it will go crazy. You know, it will increase. And that's not good for us because we'll have more inflammation. The other thing, artificial sweeteners. We published a paper and we showed that this bacteria in particular goes up. The other bad guy is the fungus. Candida loves sugar. The more sugar you eat, the more it loves it. So that's why I say, look, refined sugar, not good idea. Sweeteners, not good. I, I give them an example. When I was a young boy, we used to drink tea, you know, and tea, oh my God, so much sugar in it. So I went to visit my mom after many years, you know, so she wanted to give me tea. I said, no, 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 no. I don't want sugar, just tea. You know, she said, oh, the poor guy changed. This guy changed. What's happening? And then we had a great laugh. So now I just enjoy the tea. You know, it has lovely taste and this sort of thing, but it will not encourage the bad bugs in my tummy to grow. I feel like a lot of this is intuitive for someone like you who grew up in Lebanon where people are preparing foods. They're also, you know, they're eating, I don't want to say old diets, but the diets that we mostly hear in the States is it's this new diet, it's processed food. And 
And uh, someone like your mother, when she prepared food for you and and your family um, or her family, it's that care. And it's also kind of that balance, right? Like, okay, we're working with these certain oils and, and certain types of fats. And so, you know, maybe obviously you're seeing it, but also a lot of this is probably intuitive just from the way that you grew up and eating, you know, probably a lot of olive oil and, and, and good fats and minimize sugar and things like that. Do you think that, you know, that's something you, I mean, in a way you were ahead growing up like that. Exactly. Like, because I, this is again, remind me my, with my mom, you're making me happy. Okay. I remember my mom <laughs> where she used to go to the uh, market every day, you know, small uh, grocery, she picks her vegetables, she picks her, you know, uh, uh, whatever lentils and other, uh, uh, you know, nice food, healthy food. And then she goes and cooks. So we don't have all these processed food, you know, uh, it's all healthy. She knows exactly what uh, amount of sugar we put, amount of like salt, for example, in food in particular. So you are absolutely right. It's not like one way or the other. It's the total or the overall type of things you do, which is very important. And does the type of fat that we consume, uh, this is another message that's gotten a little, you know, it just gets confusing. And again, I'm, I'm always just trying to simplify things. Uh, the type of fat uh, impact our our gut health, and which ones do you lean towards? Which ones show up as ones that support us better? Exactly, because it's saturated fat, and that saturated fat, remember, will encourage the pathogens to grow. And also, you have a lot of you know adipose tissue or or fat tissues accumulated. So that's why we say we should eat a fat which is unsaturated polyunsaturated or monounsaturated fat rather than the saturated fat, which causes problems. And have you noticed anything in the supplementation area that seems to support the gut? Or are you really focusing on trying to get people to eat just real food or is there a balance? I mean, if you can get the, the real stuff, it's much nicer and tastes taste better. Whereas with a tablet, you take it, it goes, okay, it's a tablet, it's not the same. Uh, I think you will enjoy all these herbs, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I again, like, uh, you laugh at me now because of the garlic. Like, you know, I know it's, it's, it tastes well, especially when you... Uh, Saute it, put it in, you know, in the oven and this sort of thing, roast it. It's all of these are beneficial. If you don't have access to that, then a supplementation that will, will do as well, but it's not as enjoyable from my point of view. Me, I'm, I am a big believer that, you know, if we could have had the soil that we had before and eat those foods, certainly we'd be getting a lot of our minerals and uh, nutrients and vitamins and things. Do you have any supplements that you personally like to take or suggest for people to take? Like vitamins is very important also thing for us to take, especially vitamin D, especially vitamin D3 in particular, because this vitamin D3 have been shown to reduce the pro-inflammatory bacteria, bacteria that can cause inflammation. Also, there are other studies in the fungal field where it shows people who have deficiency in A, B, and C vitamins, they have more candida issues with the gut. So putting some nice vitamins into your diet is very important. And of course, you can uh, get it from vegetables and other, other sources. It doesn't have to be tablet. But sometimes if you have an imbalance and you want to aid it fast, 
taking, like, for example, vitamin three is good, A, B, and C is good. I really highly recommend them. Dr. Ganum, I have to say that you you seem like such a self motivated and positive and energetic and happy person, and um, you know I know you're doing a lot of things and you're busy and you have a you know you you've had a very busy life, uh, but I can't help wondering you know like what is your secret? I you know I I my wife she laughs at me because I am like self motivated guy <laughs> you know. And sometimes it's not easy, you know, like sometimes you have to talk to yourself. Oh, I have to do this, even though I don't want to do it. You know, I, I, I need to do it. What I do is I uh, wake up in the morning and I do exercise like half an hour. I used to have elliptical. Now I'm doing this bike, which I really love as well, you know. And uh, in the afternoon, usually like uh, really early evening, when I go home, I love to take my dog for a walk, you know. So I take him for walks and I love it. He, I say, I say, look, it's good for him. It's good for me, you know, because when you go out in nature and you walk, so that's how I manage, manage that. And at, I manage also my diet, you know, I try to control it, especially at lunchtime. I eat really uh, good, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables. I love tomatoes so much, you know, and so that's what I eat at lunchtime, you know, and uh in, uh, I'm moderate in eating. Sometimes you feel, oh, you love food, you eat it, but then you say, okay, I should stop. <laughs> like, it is a nego- you have to negotiate with yourself sometimes. We talked earlier about how certain rituals or cultures just develop really beautiful and, and uh, supportive sure. practices. And one of them would even be, you know, religious fasting and things like that. I know where you grew up, uh, there was, you know, a, a great practice of fasting. And have you seen the impact, you know, of that? Or, or, you know, now we've modernized it, right? Like now we've got, oh, we have um, people who are fasting as part of being healthy and it's not necessarily a religious practice for some people it is. But we're seeing now in modern day people using this as a way or a tool for better health. Yes, but you know, like for example, in the Middle East, you know, people fast, you know, like, you know, now everybody talking about fasting. I really think fasting is fantastic, but again, in moderation, you know what I mean? And you fast, it, it shows you, you know, it gives your uh, uh, gastrointestinal tract a break. At the same time, you feel how others, you know, you have certain other cultural feeling. You feel how people, you know, if they don't have food and this sort of thing, and this makes you a better person, I hope. And then when you break the fast, you need to be careful. Some people, when they break the fast, they eat everything. <laughs> no, you need to, to control that. You know, I used to laugh when, uh, when I lived in uh, Kuwait, like people fast all day and in the evening they eat everything. Uh, so it's like day for night and night for day, which is, it's not the, this is not the purpose of fasting. If someone, you know, we're going to ask you or come to you for advice and, and say, hey, I, I really want to turn the ship around or I want to make sure that I am taking care of my gut and um, I know I need to make changes. You have, a, you, sort, you have a very, you know, realistic and patient approach to this. Um, because all of this does take time. I think what you need to do, look, it's very difficult to change old habits, as you know. So what you need to do, you need to take your time to transition. Like, for example, in the book which I write, which I wrote, Total Gut Balance, I said, look, it takes maybe two weeks at least to start to change. And this is a long term. And nobody of us can stick to a diet forever. 
So the diet you need to select, you need it to be, uh, you know, customizable. Uh, also, you, you need to have it delicious and also not too restrictive because if you restrict people, it's not good. So try to have moderation, moderation in things and slowly but surely you can move. And then as you start to see even little improvement, this will encourage you more and then you'll start to go more and more in that right direction. But listen, once in a while, if you have to eat, you know, something you love, I, I love ice cream, you know, so it doesn't matter, you know, as long, you know, enjoy it and then avoid uh, uh, eating other stuff for some time and then you'll be fine. How do you feel about something like resistant starch? So, for example, um, for people who don't know, you can take uh, baked potatoes, um, for example, and bake them. And it's really the process of eating them when they're cooled down. It creates something called resistant starch. Are you a fan of resistant starch as a way to support your gut? Yes, sure. I mean, resistant starch is really very important to have. And we can find them in a lot of stuff. You know, like, for example, bananas, unripened bananas has a lot of, uh, like, yeah, banana just before as as greenish. (laughs) Or barley, for example. You can have legumes, a lot of legumes. You have lentils, I mentioned, or green beans. All of them have a lot of resistant starch. And you know why they are important? Because these resistant starch, they can be broken down by beneficial bacteria. And that's what you need. Once you break them down, then the bacteria, basically, it takes them as food and it starts to produce small molecules or small chemicals that will be beneficial for us, like short-chain fatty acid, for example. Yes, like when I say, you know, it's about half a cup of cooked and mashed potato, like six ounces is good. You know, again, it's all in moderation. I love uh, potatoes, especially, as you say, roasted and sweet potatoes. It have a lot of fiber. But just take... I, uh, I take half of the, uh, the potato instead of eating it whole, you know? So that's what you need to do. It's all in your hand. It's not difficult. This podcast is brought to you by Ritual. I've personally been taking Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin since right when COVID hit. I was looking for something supportive and powerful. Someone suggested it to me, and lo and behold, I got I did some research. And what I love about them is... So women were kept out of research until 1993 by federal law. And Ritual really knows how important women are. Obviously, if you're going to be selling them vitamins, they're essential. And they conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their essential for eight women 18 plus multivitamin to really assess its efficacy. So right there, I was intrigued and even more intrigued by the results. It increased vitamin D, which is what I was looking for by levels up to 43% and omega-3 DHA, so important levels by 41%. And that was just in 12 weeks. So they take the time and energy to figure out, hey, you know, does this work? And is it going to be good for these women? And not to mention that what they do is so smart. They they kind of hone in on nine key nutrients and they put it in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. So if you're going to spend the time energy to really, you know, navigate taking supplements, Everything is bioavailable. Your body can absorb it. It don't know what to do. And it's really gentle on your, on your stomach. So you don't have to worry about like, oh, I have an empty stomach or after food or before food. They just take away all of those pressure points and make it as easy as possible and give you comfort in knowing also that Ritual's multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free. They're a certified B Corp. 
and all of their ingredients are made traceable. Don't get me started on the nice little finished touch of the minty kind of aftertaste that they put in it. I mean, they've really thought about everything. So if, you've, if you're interested, if you're in need, no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. You will get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash Gabby. If you want to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today, that's Ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L, dot com slash Gabby to get 25% off your first month. Dr. Ganoom, you hear this message over and over when it just comes to, you know, overall performance or health. It's, it's variety and it's, it's, you know, watching what oils we're consuming and having different colors and maybe eating for seasons. And, you know, sometimes it's hard. I mean, people are busy and, and I almost feel like we've also lost touch with what do you mean eat seasonally? And um, so do you think even like going to visit your local farmer's market and, and just buying what's available and, and trying to get as many different colors into your diet, maybe we could just, you know, do a snapshot again of a way that we really want to encourage people to look at it when they're trying to um, just navigate this part of their health. I really, I really, I really agree. Listen, what you need to do is, as we said, what type of food to eat to, to really improve your gut. I, I always tell people it's like a garden, okay? The garden in the summer, we all lo- love our roses. So we need to give them good fertilizers, good stuff, and we need to keep the weeds out. And it's exactly in the food, okay? The food, what you need to do, you really need to eat uh, quite on a daily basis, have some proteins, okay, with every meal. You know, try to have good oil, like olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, or coconut oil. I tell you, I love that because, again, when you put it in the salads with the lemon and the garlic, it's fantastic, okay? We talked about resistant starch, corn, oatmeal. It's all very good. Then the fruit situation. It's very good to have fruits. Like At lunchtime, honestly, that's what I do. Uh, fruits and tomatoes, uh, uh, as well as, you know, some uh, celery, for example. Another thing I love is nuts, you know, especially pistachio. Pistachio is great for your microbiome, you know. It really uh, allows the good good stuff to grow. And then you have some optional with low-fat, for example, or non-fat uh, dairy product. I like to have dairy, not necessarily, of course, avoid the whole, whole uh, for example, uh, 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 milk, uh, try to take non-fat milk or one low-fat milk, 1%, 2%, that's fine. Because it has good vitamins, you know, vitamin C, it has good also, uh, you know, uh, proteins, casein, okay? So all of this will really help you. Now, at the same time, you need to think, okay, what do I want to avoid? We talked a lot about sugar, you know, no added sugar, no refined grains, you know, cured meat, which is processed, again, anything of these processed, they have a lot of artificial, you know, preservatives or a lot of sugar, salt, and this sort of thing. So you you don't need that. Finally, I will say about alcohol. Alcohol, I don't say don't drink at all, but you have to limit it because too much alcohol anyway has other issues, you know. Our <laughs> you know? So we've talked about, you know, food and and veggies and oils and meats. A lot of people, you know, I have no issue with alcohol, you know, but I personally just, I'm not a, I don't drink. 
but does, I mean, we know alcohol can impact your overall health, but does it have a specific impact um, on the gut or how do you look at alcohol? I, you know, I say, look, if you like to have alcohol, you maybe take maybe one glass three times a week, you know, of red wine or whatever, or even if you like a beer, whatever, but not too much, you know, because it, it, it definitely has cardiovascular issues and other, other stuff. And of course, it will affect also the microbiome, which is not good. It causes imbalance. So to me, I say moderation. You can see the message all across the board. Moderation is the way to go. In a lot of conversations, you'll hear that um, if there is this overgrowth of, of the bad bacteria, um, you know, SIBO, or have you ever done any studies on SIBO? And, and um, what did you find? Because um, I think maybe a lot of people experience this. Is there a way to tackle this just through supporting yourself through better eating and, um, you know, exercise and these other lifestyle things we talked about? Um, or have you found that there are times uh, that it does require something else? You know, I did a study, remember the, this diet, which I did, developed total gut balance. And there were, it's a small study, just a proof of concept. It's not a huge, I tried to do a bigger one with COVID hit, we couldn't do it, honestly. But there were two, three people in the study with uh, with uh, SIBO, okay, not SIBO, SIBO. And they started to eat following what we talked about, the whole food, the, the berries, the resistant starch, you know, we gave them all this. And it took them maybe three weeks to start seeing a little bit of improvement, but not much, like two weeks, two, it didn't. By week four, their response was, we, we took exit, you know, questionnaire, and it really helped them a lot. So to me, if you eat the right type of food, that's going to support your microbiome. That's going to uh, reduce the all the saturated fats and this sort of thing, that lower the inflammation. You, you, you are going to help you, yourself. Now, with respect to SIBO, if, this, if there is a frank uh, bacterial uh, uh, colonization, you know, then you need maybe to take some antibiotics. You need to talk to your physician to give you antibiotics to try at least clear the way and then come in with a good diet and uh, uh, maybe some protein uh, probiotic to rebuild the beneficial organisms. And I think this will help you. One of the things I found interesting was that you talked about there may be a lot more bacteria in the gut, but that the, that the fungi is a lot bigger. Does that have any, I mean, does that play a part in anything or that's just kind of a, a fun side thing that you've noticed in this in your studies <laughs> yes i have a beautiful picture of uh, transmission electromicroscopy you know this transmission microscopy is like you have an orange and you cut it in the middle when you look at it you can see all the pits i see the inside of the orange so i have this big big fungus like this and around it 12 different bacteria so i always uh, show it and say look guys Size matters, you know, <laughs> and people laugh and this sort of thing. I read this book, I think it was like 10% human, which really sort of implied that, you know, we were here to service the colonization of all of these um, bacteria. And I know it went from, you know, I think the numbers actually dropped quite a bit about how many per, but still it's a lot. And, you know, in this, it was like you, there was even some passage where the author said, 
implied or stated that the gut kind of telepathically, you know, gives the brain messages. I think there's so many fascinating things about this. I, I know, you know, serotonin levels and all these things, but is there such a thing that the gut you know, the the microbiome, the bacteria in the gut sending signals to the brain to get the brain to do the things to support them. Is that even something that's, you know, you've seen or come across? You know, it's this is a very interesting because it talks really like in the scientific terms, it talks about the gut-brain access. It's like the gut talks to your brain and the brain talks to your gut. Before we only... We used to think it's our brain telling us to do everything. But now these microbes in our gut, because of the chemicals they make, they can go into our bloodstream and guess what? They go up to the uh, uh, to our brain and start changing it. So, so uh, like for example, serotonin, for example, guess what? More than 90% is made in our gut. So to make you feel happy, <laughs> you know, it's in by these organisms. So that's why it's very... And uh, like microbiome is linked to the neurodegenerative diseases, for example. I'm doing a study where with autistic kids, you know, and we really looked at the different microbiome and you can see there is imbalance. So uh, this is an area which I really hope very soon we will start publishing some of this work. Very interesting uh, changes in both in bacteria and fungi we find, you know. But it tells you that what is in your gut affects your brain. I have a few friends um, that have even done, um, I have well, one friend in particular that did, and I'd love to know how you feel about this, uh, fecal matter uh, fecal matter implants um, where they have a son who's autistic and, you know, he, um, for a while, like they do all avocado and he, he has a, you know, sissing where the arms are moving and things like that. And so they have been really aggressive in trying all kinds of things and they got a great benefit for a while, um, not only from things like the avocado diet, but from the fecal, the implant. And I was just wondering, um, you know, have you studied this or, or what are your feelings on this? And I, I know, listen, I know it's intense for people to get this idea, but there are people who, if, you know, their microbiome isn't set up correctly, that they have reached, um, they've gotten some benefits from it. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yes, yes. You know, it's really very interesting. It's exciting, as I mentioned at the beginning. And, you know, now we are trying to understand, okay, there is some change in the microbiome. What can you do to try to help? You know, the good thing is this is really a, a, a science, science project. So we are uh, trying to do some in vitro testing, you know, in test tubes. And now we are going to do some animal testing because, you know, you need to make sure what you're doing is going to help them. And then finally, hopefully, with, with uh, the, the advancement and our results may guide us to do also human testing to help, you know. At least I hope we will be able to help these kids adjust their gastrointestinal symptoms, that's good, you know? But it's, that's why I keep, they say, are you going to retire? I say, no, 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 I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> In a lot of your research, you talk about, can you just explain what biofilms are? I mean, they're, they're sort of everywhere, but I would love if you could just explain what they are. Biofilms, let me just explain first to people, what is a biofilm? 
Myofilm, the best example is the plaque in our teeth. You know, every morning we brush our teeth in the evening because of this slimy layer that forms if we don't do that. So you can imagine if you don't brush two, three days, it's a disaster, okay? Now, what we found uh, is these microbes, which we found in the Crohn's disease patients, they come together and they form what you call biofilm. You know what it is, biofilm? The best example is like jello, and inside this jello, they, you have the microbes. So they produce this carbohydrate letter, uh, layer, and, it's, and you have jello, and inside it, all these bacteria and fungus. And then when they are there, they are protected. Like if you even use an antibiotic or you use an antifungal, they fight it. Even if you, our immune system cannot fight them, they become protected. They are smart. These, these bugs, these little critters are smart. So they make this environment. So what we need to do, we need to break that biofilm like we do it in our teeth. And if you break it, you then will be able to get into all of these bacteria inside that within the gel. Okay. And that's what we did with our probiotic, you know, for the sake of transparency and biome, that's how we designed our probiotic. We designed it so that it is able to break the biofilms. And I published that in a, in a paper, you know. You come out with this huge study in 2016. You're surprised by, you know, just people really wanting more information from you on how they can have better, you know, gut health and now you've got the not only the microbiome the mycobiome and um you decide to figure out a, a way a product to support people and that and then you came up with biome health um you know maybe you can just share you know why you did that and what that's been like yeah yeah i think look to start with, it's very important to start addressing your diet. Like, it is not a substitute. Like, you cannot just take it. So if you do that, and as you say, everything is going hunky-dory, but sometimes, let's say, you take an antibiotic, or sometimes you go off the... Then I would propose to, uh, to have uh, some probiotic, okay? Probiotic because we want to support the beneficial organisms uh, there, Okay. You can also take what we talked about, the vitamins. Remember, the vitamins D, B, A, A B, and C are very, very good uh, to have. You know, there are some uh, prebiotic, which is the prebiotic are basically fiber, you know, fiber which feeds the beneficial organisms as well. So we have some new product, which uh, is super green, which not only have a little bit of probiotic, but also have some very nice uh, plant extract, which have been shown to help with inflammation, with other stuff. You know what I mean? So, and they taste very nice. At least that's what they tell me. <laughs> they they have very good taste. You can add them to drinks and this sort of thing. So in a way, you are just supporting your uh, system, not trying to just use that as the way only. I think it's important for people to feel like they can take charge of it though. You know, like you know, there are times that taking a round of antibiotics is essential. Maybe they've had a surgery or something. Um, so I, my hope is that, like, that we don't scare people that somehow if they've had to go on a cycle of that or they just haven't dealt with this, that it's not something they can really take charge of. It, there is something they can do. Uh, absolutely. That's what I really recommend. After you take the probiotic, because you have to take, if you are... Uh, 
if you have an infection, if you have a surgery and you say, and you need to take antibiotic, it's very important that you do that because, you know, we don't want the organism that caused an infection to survive. So once you do that, I would recommend that you take in some supplements that's going to help you to rebuild back the beneficial organisms, you know, probiotic, prebiotic, and that will really help um, really replenish, reverse, and maintain the microbiome. If someone's listening to this and they think, you know, maybe I feel off or elimination or moods or maybe gut swelling, bloating, is there you know, is there a way to start to get all of this checked out, like a starting point? I mean, if you see, first of all, if you have symptoms, certain symptoms, you feel, you know, you have bloating, you have constipation, you have sometimes diarrhea, then you know there is something not right, okay? So one way to do it is, do I have microbiome imbalance? And what we do, there are a number of components, including biome, that people could send their stool samples and they can really look at the makeup there. And based on that personalized testing, there are recommendations that are specific to rebalance the microbiome. Like, for example, if you see that there is a candida, then you try to tell them, okay, this is what you need to follow. The vitamins we talked about, the sugar issue, and this sort of thing. If it is protobacteria, the inflammatory, then take fibers, take vitamin D3. So you can, based on that testing, you will be able to address some of these issues, you know, and then start putting way of life that's going to help it as well, because it's very important. It's not just the diet, it's lifestyle critical as well. A lot of us have issues with candida. I mean, most of us, I think. And um, is there a way or a specific way someone can navigate this? Because again, I think sometimes these things get thrown under broad umbrellas and, um, I would just be interested if you had some really clear, specific ideas about dealing with um, either candida or candida. Saccharomyces boulardii is a yeast like Saccharomyces cerevisiae, which is what, you know, it's the baker's yeast, basically. Baker's yeast, we make it, we use it for bread, baking, and beer, and this sort of thing. This, studies have shown that it is a really good, good micro. It keeps candida under control, and also in our study, not just our study, ours and another study from France, they looked at uh, people with uh, gut issues and they found that there is a decrease in Saccharomyces cerevisiae. So having it will be very good. Maybe if someone's looking uh, for a way to get started, is there a, a place or a way that they can reach out and, and maybe just get some more information from you? Yeah, yeah. If they go to biomehealth.com, Definitely, they can reach out to me, and I'm happy to help in any way. Well, Dr. Mahmoud Ghanoum, I just want to thank you so much, Dr. Ghanoum, for your time and for your passion for this area. I think it impacts a lot of us. I know for me personally, I have always been trying to find better ways to you know, keep these very delicate balances easier, and it, it isn't always easy. And um, I just appreciate all of your work and just want to say thank you for joining the show. That's great. Thanks. It's really a pleasure to be with you. Honestly, I loved it. Yeah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.